Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Uh, The topic that we're going to be covering over the next few days is a topic that you and I have uh, chosen based on the feedback from a lot of the questions and just frankly from decades of coaching experience. And what we're going to be dealing with is specifically the seven types of fear. We're going to be walking you guys through just the concept of the fact that really fear um, at the end of the day, there's two types of fear, and I'm not going to drill down on this now because we're going to get to the first, you know, sort of uh, the, the way that fear manifests in the form of pr- uh, procrastination. But there's really, in essence, guys, what you'll learn through this series that Julie and I are, are going to present to you is that the fear that you experience when you do experience it is psychological fear. And the nice thing about psychological fear is that you can actually do something about it. You can change it. You can actually choose not to feel the fear. Well, rather, you can't choose uh, to feel the fear or not. Fear, feel the fear or not. That's easy for me to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can choose how you'll react to the fear once you feel it. And that's what we're going to be talking about this week. It's incredibly important you guys drill down and stay focused because we are going to explain to you the cost of not moving past um, the fear mechanism having ultimate control of you, okay? We're not going to be talking about anything spiritual or anything woo-woo or anything pseudoscience. We're going to be just dealing with straight up how to drill down, get past feeling fear. Practical, tactical stuff. And I would challenge all of our listeners to just accept the fact that every single one of you has at least one of these fear factors going on. And some of you may have more than one that are sort of working together against you. So do take good notes. And of course, most importantly, decide what you're going to do about it. Right. So before we get to the first point, the first point is procrastinator, which is near and dear to Julie's heart because that's a fear manifestation that's plagued her and chased her most of her life and all of us to uh, differing degrees. Um, So before we get to the first point, I want to remind all of you, if if you're not in the uh, free coaching program, there is still an opportunity for you to enroll. All you have to do is text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. If you're one of our friends in the great white north, as somebody was kind enough to let me know yesterday, the text mechanism does not work in Canada. So you're going to have to go to the website directly to enroll. And to do that, it's simple. Just go to premier-experience.net. It's premier-experience.net. But for everyone else, other than those of you in Canada, just text the word survival to 31996. So Julie, let's talk about the procrastinator. Yes. So by the way, don't procrastinate texting. Get on that. Okay. So, all right. The, we're talking about fear, but the the first tenet is the procrastinator. And you might put a slash next to that. Uh, it's also known as the perfectionist. But procrastinators often obsess over the end product or outcome of whatever they're doing, and they insist on it being perfect. There's a perfectionist uh, coming in because of this. They tend to spend too much time planning and researching instead of simply diving in. They hold themselves back from even getting started in the first place. Now, in real estate, 
These are the getting ready to get started to someday possibly take the first step if the planets are in alignment and the sun is shining. You've heard this before, <laughs> or an, a version of that, right? These are the agents who spend a year or at least months on their pre-listing packages, always tweaking and over-engineering everything instead of getting it done and using it. I would put a lot of stuff in that category. You might think of, um, you know, some of them who have wanted to do some videos and they've got a system, but because they're not perfect at it, they get stuck and they never use it. Uh, listing packages, uh, I'm sorry, listing presentation, buyer presentation. We've been doing a proactively anything. generation, the yeah. previous talk, topic. Well, that's been. coming up. Yeah. Go yes. ahead. Sorry. Okay. So these are, the, you read my mind. These are the same agents who role play endlessly, but never call an actual prospect because, quote, they're not good enough yet on the script. So for procrastinators, what's the cure? I'll, I'll throw that to you for a second, then I've got four points of cure to the procrastinating, the getting ready to get started crowd. Well, most of you guys listening are procrastinating. And again, we're just going to focus on the things that you know are our wheelhouse and your wheelhouse, which is uh, being successful real estate business owners is what you guys are all aspiring to be, if not already. And the procrastination thing is not, you cannot be a procrastinator and be successful in real estate or anything else for that matter. And Julie said a lot of really critical points there, and I hope you guys were listening. The getting ready to get started is where most of you guys are on, on virtually all aspects of your lives. You think about that. Be honest with yourself. Be introspective with yourself. Think of all the things right now you're you're you know getting ready to get started or take seriously, or take to the next level. How many in your house? How many little unfinished projects do you have in your house? How many dif- you know? How many different things have you promised that you were going to get done this year that have basically just been procrastinated until the cows come home? But more importantly, how many uh, of you are actually doing the things that are actually going to re- lead to uh, you know a paycheck? Uh, and you're not doing them because of the fact that you're procrastinating, feeling like you have to know more, learn more, know what to say. And that's just all your ego. Ba- that's your ego trying to protect itself. And we're going to talk about that more in the future days that are to come, than over the next five or six days. But the reality of it is that the procrastinator is the easiest thing to identify. And it's also the most insidious and destructive of all the manifestations of fear because you never do anything. Yeah. And in fact, this you know, there's a lot of psychology to this as well. This is actually the first stage of mastery, which is known as formulation. Formulation is the getting ready to get started to someday do something. You're thinking about it. You're planning it. You're tweaking it. You're studying it. You're doing a survey on Facebook about it. Okay. So then you can't get to concentration, which leads to momentum without doing this. Hey, Julie, so, stand up. I have to be able to read this. I, here, I got it. right here. I got right here. We're doing a little office reconfig here as we okay, speak. Okay. So what is the cure? Number one, it is important to push past that fear of starting. Getting written, or let me switch to your screen. <laughs> no Sorry. Problem. Okay. Getting started may feel like a big hill to climb. This is a quote from a psychologist, but you cannot edit it or revise something that doesn't exist, right? So this is where you get stuck, massaging something that actually hasn't been executed. So be careful not to place energy into a perfectly finished product. Instead, use it to troubleshoot an outline or an initial push. This is where agents get stuck. They don't actually learn anything because they're not actually doing anything. They're thinking they're doing something because it looks like work. I, I made sure I quoted the right person. Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook famously said, done is better than perfect. Actually, you know, it's funny. I was the one that told you she said that, but she actually was quoting somebody else. Was she really? Because I think I Wikipedia did that, but maybe it needs another No, she did say it. She's the most modern, famous person to have said it, but that actually is a... 
Just wait. At the end of the outline, I know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, Julie's super nerd. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, I see. I, uh-huh. I'm looking at your notes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I told you. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Yes. Oh, so, but Julie, to that point, though, with regards to the whole done is better than perfect concept, that in itself right there will be a revelation to most people. But I do want to loop this back into proactive lead generation yes. versus passive mm-hmm. just to drive this point home. The problem with what everyone else is telling you guys to do for the sake of building your real estate business is that you will never actually, you're always going to have a reason to procrastinate. You're always going to basically have, there's no way to perfect what they're asking you to do. There's no way to actually ever get to some sort of psychological point where you feel completely comfortable with saying it's good enough because it's constantly changing. Look at, I mean, I'll use this as a stupid example, but it's a good one. Look what happened with TikTok. What, look what happened with all these different things with technology that you guys were being told by supposed gurus and coaches in the real estate industry to invest your time in. But look, you don't get business from it because there's no business to be had. It's all time-wasting activity. What we ask you to do has a, a very discernible start, middle, and finish. What we're telling you to do is follow a system. What we're asking you to do in our coaching program does have a very predictable, duplicatable result, whereas all these other things don't. And that's something you have to keep in mind because if you are a natural procrastinator and then you fall prey to believing that your future in real estate is dependent on your ability to be a social networking influencer or whatever gimmick they're trying to sell you, then that's going to make it so that your procrastinating tendencies uh, combined with those bad ideas are going to never result in you ever actually taking any, um, you know, getting any real momentum in your business. And Julie and I are working on, um, might even end up being a book, but we are at the point where we feel very confident that the failure rate for agents has actually increased since the normalization of, you know, all this digital stuff basically as a primary source of lead generation. And what we have determined and what we are trying to, you know, uh, absolutely drill down on using NAR statistics mostly is the number of the amount of time agents spent, or basically how long the average agent lasts in the business. And what we think we've discovered so far that since 2007, the average agent in the business is like they're failing significantly faster, 30% faster. Um, and we can only surmise that most of them are going out of business and out of real estate, carrying a bunch of debt from having basically been suckered into buying all the gimmicks. Mm-hmm. How about that for you know a shot between the eyes as far as stone cold truth? So if you're wondering why you're struggling, it's not because you don't have the aptitude or the intelligence or the desire or the motivation. You don't need to work on your damn mindset. <laughs> you just aren't doing the thing that's going to put you in a position to help people and make money. It's not. There's nothing wrong with you. There's something wrong with the path you're following. So for most of you, that should feel really great. And understand that if you are like 99% of everyone out there who you're a natural procrastinator, and that is just a defense mechanism at the end of the day, but if that's who you are and you're trying to basically make social networking work, you're never, it's it's the worst combination of of behaviors you can actually ever exhibit if you ever hope to basically be successful. Well, it's pretend work, basically. You know, it looks like something that's going to result in something, and yet it's just a form of procrastination. So uh, let's see. Point number two, what is the cure for this? For our perfectionist procrastinators, in real estate, there is little which is actually perfect. You are dealing with people. You're dealing with contracts, with houses, with inspections. You are not going to have perfection. But as I say to many of my perfectionist clients, be perfect at the things that do matter. Write clean contracts. Follow a specific process. Be relentless in your pre-qualifying and let the rest go. This actually comes out a lot in our coaching and premiere when agents get into some kind of you know difficult situation. The answer is always do what the contract says. And this means that you can't negotiate in text. You can't do goofy stuff like that. 
There are some things that you can exercise that perfectionist muscle in, but it's not much in real estate. You got to let the rest go. Point number three, realize that taking the first step is the most important and that the steps after might not even be what you think. So spending time guessing at what's next just wastes time. If you were to go back and interview yourself on, you know, week one of having your license and asked that beginning license, Tim, you know, what are the steps to a listing? Your answer would be completely different than after you had done 10 actual listing appointments, right? Yeah, let alone after 20 or 30 or 50, you know? Yeah, or (laughs) 1,000. I mean, for sure. Yeah, definitely. But to over-engineer guessing when you haven't done the action is just a waste of time. So the cure to basically everything you've said so far as far as this kicking the ass of this procrastination problem really is just following a proven plan, right? Yes. I mean, at the end of the day, that's it. And we have lots of them. The seven-step listing process, the pre-listing package, the scripts, et cetera. And the procrastinator, you know, but if I'm reading this Mm -hmm. and I have, let's say, a... uh, undiagnosed procrastination problem shall okay. we try to make it sound medical here mm-hmm. though we're certainly not physicians but if i'm reading through these things and i have an undiagnosed uh, you know procrastination issue and that's become who i am i am the procrastinator and by procrastinating i never make myself uncomfortable because i'm never actually putting myself in a position where you know i could hear the word no and so it's just you never have sure. to you know there's all kinds of psychology that come that reinforces being a procrastinator the last thing I'm going to be wanting to be told to do is follow a proven path because then I'm going to have to let go of this wonderful you know, crutch I've had all my life called procrastination. Sure. And you're also going to have to be accountable. That's right. Which is not something a normal no. procrastinator is going no, to want. No, it isn't. And that's why the next point, number four, is really critical. Set specific but attainable goals, right? So if you're working on the treasure map, which you get when you text to 31996. Text survival, survival to 31996. <laughs> Thank you. You have your treasure map, which is your business plan. You're going to get that and you're going to look at it and go, gosh, this is pretty robust. I'm going to have to do some work here. Give yourself one week to complete it. Do the first part, my financial picture, being clear about what you have to earn in real estate. Don't just look at it and get overwhelmed and say, oh, well, I'm not going to do this because I don't have time to do every single page perfectly. I'm going to share the first page. You know, your points there, Julie, which is my first time seeing it. I'm going to tell you where my mind went as well. Mm -hmm. Is that you're, I know, I know. Is that you're, um, what this is all, again, spinning around. It's like when I, when I sponsor somebody at EXP, when we bring somebody into our Mm -hmm. EXP Realty family, if you guys want to talk to Julian about joining our EXP family, just feel free to text me directly on my cell phone, which is 512-758-0206, If you're just EXP curious and you're just getting started, text the word EXP to 31996 and we'll text you back a fantastic nine-minute video that walks you through all the reasons why you'll want to join EXP and answers all your questions. So if you're ready to join today, just text the word, I'm sorry, just text me directly at 512-758-0206. And if you want to just, if you're EXP curious, just text the word EXP to 31996. But here's, here's what I was going to tell you, is that every single person I've ever talked to when they join EXP and they realize the potential EXP has specifically for sponsoring agents if that's where their focus is, which is not everyone's, but most people, mm-hmm. they get it, is they always overcomplicate it and overcomplicate it to a level that is just absurd. They don't want to accept the fact that there's a proven path to follow. They think, their egos tell them that they have to create these complicated funnels and this and that and the other thing. They don't just want to, again, adapt to what's there and follow the path that's there for them to follow. They don't want to realize, they don't want to accept the fact that it's, I don't want to use the word easy. It's not easy, but they don't want to accept the fact that they don't have to create anything. They can just follow in the footsteps of others. Learn what to say, learn how to say it, learn what to do, how to do it. The whole thing is right there in front of you if you want to get into EXP and start sponsoring agents. 
you know, and yet 99.9% of all the people I ever talked to, they immediately try to overcomplicate things. And the same thing happens when people get into real estate. Yes, absolutely. They, they do. They, they, they start listening to all these social networking gurus, quote unquote. They start doing all this complicated crap with, you know, thinking they need to create funnels and branding and learn all these really pseudoscience terms and just philosophies and all. What? So in your opinion, why is it that people everyone wants things to be more complicated than they have to be. I think a lot of it is lack of business maturity and exposure to the fact that there is an easy, it is an easier path. I would say more efficient path to just do what has been done before you. You know, when we got into real estate, there was no coaching, but we were, you know, but why, smart enough to follow some people whose but, proven but, path worked. But my question yeah. is, is why do people, in your opinion, drill down on this lady, okay. why do people want things to be more complicated than they are? I think it is uh, creative avoidance, so they don't have to do anything. So it's more procrastination. It is. So, it is. So there you go. It sounds like perfectionism, but it's really procrastination. Right. So by making things it's more lazy. complicated, you're creating more of an excuse not to do the real work of real yeah, estate. Yeah, and everybody uses it, so it seems acceptable exactly. to everyone else, right? Because right. they're not doing anything and either. More, more Seminars, more webinars, more gurus, sure. more podcasts, more everything to listen to because you got to, you know, you're getting ready to get started and you need to make this really complicated system. So ultimately, what is the people that act like that, which is virtually everyone, mm-hmm. what, what is it they're trying? I mean, look how many people, you know, if you Google, some of the biggest search terms are essentially about different workouts and keto mm-hmm. versus this versus the other thing. It's like, it's not that complicated, no. guys. This stuff has been out forever. It's not that difficult. No, to but how- lots of people that sell stuff know that you want it to be complicated. So they but come why? up with their multi-step what's, system. What's in the psyche that wants it to be complicated? That's a good question. I don't well, know. Well, work on I, it. I think, uh, I think people hide out because they, you know, right. they, they get intimidated by what they think is a bigger process. Uh, fear of the unknown is a big thing. Fear of success, I think, is just as strong as fear of failure. Because what if they actually do follow that system and somebody says yes? And what if somebody says no? It's all this stuff that's made up in your head, the what ifs, when you don't actually have anything to compare it to. It's like agents that say, you know, this doesn't work after making like three phone calls. I think people are more based than that. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, just having thought about that question for a long time, Mm -hmm. because as coaches, I mean, you constantly run up against that. And you want the immediate, if guys, listen, this, and Julie's getting to this, it's in her notes. But the simplest answer is always the the truest answer, right? The first answer, you know, guys, remember from taking tests, the answer is almost always C if you can't figure out what it (laughs) is, right? right? So the simplest answer is always, almost always the correct answer when you're trying to decipher something. But our egos, for some, you know, obviously undefined reason, wants to, they want to make it more, you know, ego wants to make it more complicated. But here, in my opinion, is the reason that people ultimately, like to have things be more complicated it's because it does create a socially acceptable way for them to procrastinate it does create a long-term um, thing where they don't ever have to learn to do what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it at the highest level and you know using our favorite example of basically you can say um, you know prospecting for example mm-hmm. you sworn pledged wrote on your dream board, goal board, everything that you're going to basically pick up the phone and start calling for sale by owners. But you haven't. You maybe have made this pledge at the beginning of the year. And what did you do? You used maybe the coronavirus as your excuse. You used all the other crazy things that have happened this year. You're trying to perfect your script. You're trying to role play. You're trying to this. You know, I mean, all of us go through varying degrees of procrastination, but those things that you procrastinate, have you ever noticed they're also the things that are going to put you in a position to help the most people, make the most money the quickest? Have you guys focused? 
focused on that or realize that's true? How many of you procrastinate basically picking out what you know version of a keto diet or whatever <laughs> that you're actually going to do, books you're going to read, podcasts you're listening to, you know, all websites you're going to, just because you don't actually want to start doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level because you want to stay in the formation phase as long as possible because you're creating your plan. That way you can tell people you're working on losing weight, but you're not. You're just basically reading a bunch of stuff trying to, and watching a bunch of videos, trying to procrastinate, ever actually having to go to the gym and make yourself uncomfortable or ever saying no to the third helping of you know pumpkin pie, right? Does this make sense? I love pumpkin pie. That's not nice. I know. I said it just to bug I you. I know. Yeah. I even put pumpkin pie spice on your coffee this morning. I saw it. It was yesterday. And it's and low thank carb, you. by the way. Yeah. I checked. Anyway. So, but um, but, but, but yeah. isn't, that, isn't that the essence is. of what we're talking about? It is. It's elaborate avoidance. And I, you know what's funny about this is... Let me let me do this last point and then I'll I'll make a, a coaching story. Out this, of this is the okay? one. This so is this is big... the nerd out warning. Okay, <laughs> uh, related to um, you know done is better than perfect. Perfect is the enemy of good. Where does that thought come from? Well, I looked it up. Aristotle and Confucius and other classical philosophers propounded the principle of the golden mean. You guys can look that up. But which counsels against extremism in general. In this case, we're talking about perfectionism. The Pareto principle or the 80-20 rule explains this numerically. So it commonly takes 20% of the full time to complete 80% of the task, while to complete 20 of it takes 80% of the effort. Achieving, here's the important part, achieving absolute perfection may be impossible. And so as increasing effort results in diminishing returns, further activity becomes increasingly inefficient. In other words, the harder you work on something to make it perfect, the further away you're getting from that, right? So in other words, Aristotle and Confucius want you to stop getting ready to get started and get to work. Here's the interesting thing that happens with coaching clients. And you can I hear this on uh, mostly on for sale by owner, I would say for rent by owner, and of course expired calls. Basically anything that is Proactive. an activity that would result in you potentially hearing the word no is what Julie's saying yes. when she hears this, okay. right? But this is so Real work. funny. We hear this every week, several times on the premier coaching call. Yeah. Okay. So let's say I was a procrastinator before, but I've decided that I'm going to actually take the first step and do something about it. Mm -hmm. And I've listened to the coaching and I'm not going to put all this pressure that I'm going to make a hundred expired calls or anything like that. I'm just going to take the first step. Mm -hmm. Today, so help me God, I am going to call five, choose your category for rent by owner, expired, whatever. And lo and behold, what do you think happens? I get an appointment and I go to Premiere and we have this uh, victory lap thing that we do in, in Premiere so they can share their successes. And they always sound the same. I can't believe how nice that for sale by owner was. I had the best conversation. They were so great. I've got an appointment and I'm sure I'm going to get the listing. And, and, you know, you and I are always like, well, what do you think was going to happen? Because <laughs> exactly. we only talk to you about this 100% of the time. But they're always, like, so amazed that that's how it but, can be. But drill but down on But they took the first step. But Right. But drill yeah. down on that. Mm -hmm. So, guys, you are all in that position. Yeah, again, it, you're all guilty of basically procrastinating, doing the real work of real estate. And the reason you're doing it, ultimately is because you're, it's not the fear of it'll work. It's the fear of you not basic, of, of your ego thinking that it can't handle the actual situation where you might hear the word no, or where the seller might ask you a question you don't know the answer to. And so you continue to spin around the toilet bowl forever, mentally and emotionally and financially, you never get anywhere. And then you're always beholden to buying leads. You're always beholden to basically the next shiny object. And I'm going to round the bend on today's show, Julie. And I have to go to premiere. So okay, my parting thought is fear is not profitable. Well, you no. have actually, give me I two will. minutes, okay? okay? Sure. You have time. So, so here's something I want you guys all to be very, very reticent of. 
So Zillow, and this is no surprise to any of you guys who have been attached to Julie and I for a long time, we have never been Zillow fans. And the reason we've never been Zillow fans is because essentially everything that they did was not in the best interest of the industry on a whole. It was basically in the best interest best interest of agents who were low-skilled and didn't want to learn how to generate their own business. That is the bottom line. And what Zillow swore they would never do, they have, of course, done, and they're going to continue to do. Yes, they're opening up a 50-state brokerage, but it even gets worse. How many of you have come up on a steady diet of Zillow leads because you've only been in the business since effectively the last 10 or 12 years when Zillow has been around to sell you leads? You've never learned how to proactively actively generate lead generate and what's happened in those intervening years yes we've always told you not to buy leads gary teller gary keller told you not to buy leads from zillow anybody with a conscious who sincerely cares about you guys told you not to buy leads to learn skills to develop them yourselves you still did it you made zillow worth what 11 or 17 billion dollars and now what they're doing is they're basically they you know then some of you guys said oh i've been selected to receive zillow listing referrals from their buyers. well guess what they're taking that off the table to unless you join their brokerage and you can pretty much surmise they're not going to be paying you hardly anything in terms of a salary as an agent at Zillow, whatever the hell it's going to be called. Yeah. So Julie's got to go to Premier. So Julie, I mean, that's the thing I'm going to make sure you know to yes. tell the Premier agents about that. I've got that. it pulled up on my screen. Okay, good. So thank you for the podcast yes, and the notes today. Yes. Yes. have to do something about it. I, meet, I do as well. And Julie is going to rush off to her office now. And you're literally hearing the door open and close um, to go to Premier. So if you guys are not attending Premier every single day, you are um, you have access to that program at, even through the free coaching program. Um, and yes, go ahead and jump on you know Premier and definitely attend every single day and join the community and participate. But let me just round the bend on this point I was making about Zillow. They as a business have a certainly you know a kick. They've executed better than anyone else ever has as far as like a startup. Better than I think anybody up until EXP, they, Zillow's executed at a higher level. EXP is ultimately going to be seen, I think, as the ultimate real estate tech company. But that aside, so what you're seeing is Zillow now is getting into the real estate brokerage business. Of course, they're going to get into the real estate brokerage business. Those agents out there who have only known how to buy leads from Zillow and other sources, you guys are all going to be essentially on your heels if you're not already. And it's just going to get worse. And again, I know it was about 18, 24 months ago. Some of you were so, you know, thought you were so fortunate because Zillow invited you to start, you know, basically getting their listing referrals, even though they had a 35% referral fee. And now those listing referrals are going away. And now, and there's another report that came out on Inman today that effectively says that agents are wising up and they're not, they're uh, decreasing the amount of money they're spending on buying leads. Why? Because the quality of the leads that they've been buying from the big portals are basically crap. So what we're seeing is the end of a mega trend. If you want to call something that lasts 10 years, a mega trend um, that, well, you know, anybody with half a brain could have told you was going to happen. That's just the bottom line. Julie and I have been talking about it forever. We talk about it in our book. We talk about it in our thousands of podcasts. You go back and you listen to all the way back, you know, 10 years, Julie and I were telling you not to do that because we knew that this would happen. We knew that there would be a whole bunch of agents that never learned how to generate. So they always had to tolerate. By tolerate, I mean tolerate what, you know, whether the gimmick that they were, you know, trying to pursue was going to continue to work. And there was another article, and I mentioned this the other day on, again, Inman. 
that talked about the fact that, you know, there's TikTok. I don't know how that's actually going to sort out, and I really don't care. But how many agents out there listen to some guru, tell them they need a bunch of dance around TikTok videos, and then all of a sudden TikTok basically might not be even relevant anymore? How many of you guys have invested tons of money in SEO and all these other things just to basically have the tech company change a couple things in their algorithm and all your years of work, you know, quote unquote, have basically gone poof and now all of a sudden you're left with, you know, no source of business? That is the problem with buying your business. That is the problem with being a passive lead generator. That is the problem. And, and I'll tell you the other problem is those companies take all of your profit. So not only do you not know how to do the business yourself, not only are you always dependent on buying your business, but the profit margins in your business are terrible. When Julie and I were in the business um, in the 90s and into the very early 2000s, that I think we sold our last house in, I don't remember what year, 2000 or 2001, um, the profit margins in most business, uh, most teams and brokerages were decent. Not great, but decent. The best, most profitable agents have always been agents that have focused on just being listing agents with maybe a few assistants. You know, the ones you don't know about because they're too busy basically working and investing their money and they've become, many of them, they've become some of the most wealthiest agents in the history of our industry because they focus primarily on being a listing agent. But the rest of these agents and the rest of these folks that have only come into the industry, brokerages, office managers, agents, probably 98% of all of you listing have not been in this business for maybe maybe five maybe 10 years. Very few of you have been, been in the business for even three years. That's just statistically true what I'm saying. So you don't know that this whole buying buyer and lead thing uh, has just essentially been a, a trend, a trend that's coming to an end. And if you're not adapting to what comes next, which is learning how to be a proactive lead generator, your career will inevitably come to an end too. Because again, you're constantly going to be looking for the next pretty shiny object, hoping and praying that's going to solve all your problems. Guys, you have to learn to be independent. You have to learn to basically be a proactive lead generator if you want to last in business. This intuitively makes sense to every single one of you, but this gets back to the topic for today, which is the first of the seven fears we're going to be sharing with you guys that, you know, it's about procrastination. Why are you continuously procrastinating what you know to be true? What are you expecting to have happen? You just hope and pray that basically you're able to make ends meet for another year, maybe another two years. Isn't the stress of living that way, isn't that burning you out? It doesn't make real estate fun, that's for sure. It makes it a little bit of a curse, doesn't it? How much better will you feel about yourself and your business if you know how to proactively lead generate? If every single day you woke up, you had a specific schedule you were following, you did specific activities every single day at specific times, and you got very predictable, duplicatable results, then you had very predictable, duplicatable income of which you then start having financial, uh, certainly freedom, and then you can essentially save up and reinvest that money and then create your put yourself in a position where you're rich. And rich, by definition, according to Harris Rules, our book, is where your money works for you and you only have to work for your money. Guys, don't make it so complicated. It's not. The path forward for everyone is very simple. Our egos and people trying to sell us crap want us to believe that it's complicated. It's not. You know, it's not. If you want to know how to lose weight, read read the book that came out, I think, in the 70s uh, by Dr. Adkins. There it is. It's low carb. And look at all these different iterations that have come ever after that. Low carb. That's what all this other stuff is, right? You know, looping it back to where we are talking about weight loss. And if you want, you know, if you want to earn more money, and if you actually want to not just earn more money, but increase your uh, your essentially net profit, learn to do business exactly like we tell you to do it, and then you will. And then you're going to get to the point where you will, and faster than you think you'll get to this point, you'll laugh 
at all the gimmicks you used to basically fall prey to. It'll be entertaining for you, as it is for Julie and I, to see all these craftily written pitches to agents where they're trying to convince you that, you know, using fear of missing out if you don't subscribe to this or buy that or, you know, whatever, right? Follow the gimmick trail. That's really what we call it. You know, remember the yellow brick trail? Julie and I call it the gimmick trail. So when you choose to get off the gimmick trail, you choose to do the real work of real estate, then you can start having more choices and how you're going to live your life and how you're going to be able to essentially, you know, the experiences you're going to have in life, the money you're going to be able to help other people with, donate maybe if you choose to, or just all these things. This only comes on the other side of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So hopefully this makes sense to at least some of you. I know statistically it's only going to appeal to maybe 3% of you, but for the 3% that are listening in the 54 different countries that listen to this podcast every single day, as always, thank you for continuously make the, making this the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Hopefully we'll get to the point where we can say that for the world. But in the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.